Yes, here live at CCG, Coriel Collaborative Group. We are here at Corporate Today. My name is Cuervo. Uh, I got Sir Lancelot. I am here. Over here, my co-host. Episode 24 of the Local Lifestyle Podcast, all brought to you by uh, TLC Properties. They're the ones that are awesome enough to sponsor this. This episode will be called Let's Start Again, connecting you to the creatives, businesses, and community opportunities that better your life, insight into local living. It's the Local Lifestyle Podcast. Make sure to follow us on uh, Instagram, Local Lifestyle Podcast. You just can search that, and you can pull us up anywhere where podcasts are found. So make sure you check that out all online. Uh, Today, I've got somebody in here uh, that has a very powerful and a meaningful voice as well as a video that he had put out that had over 47 million views on social media. That's who I have here today for episode 24. Let's start again welcoming Alex Bryant. Thank you very much for taking time out of your day in this beautiful summer weather we have in in February. Yeah, yeah. It's great to be here with you guys. Cuervo and Sir Lancelot. That's right. I think, that's gonna, that, I, think, go. I think we found what's stuck because we've been I looking for a no, name for that's him. That's it, man. Yeah. I like I always went with TLC Tim. <laughs> you, know what, yeah. you, know, you know what I think about when Sir Mix-a-Lot. Yeah. Sir Mix-a-Lot. Sir Mix-a-Lot. Sir Lancelot. I, I don't like have the, big, I need a board. I'm not going to say what I like big of because, you know, but. I like big, big bank accounts. And I cannot lie. Yes. You other brothers can't deny. I like big friendships. Big friendships, yeah. Big apartments. Big apartments. It's good to be here with you fellas. Well, thank you very much. Um, It's a pleasure having you. Um, You know, we we love doing our due diligence on everything when we we welcome somebody in here. Um, And I think we we both had fun kind of researching and everything for you. Uh, Like I said, when we pitched it off, 47 million views on social media. Oh. That's a lot of views. Seems like it. I think so. From I, I, my fingers, can't even count that. There's high. only like 330 million Americans. <laughs> How does this make any sense? <laughs> well, it's a, well, it's a social media blow up, is what happened, uh, and what we're getting to, listeners. Um, you know, uh, it's a video that you put out. Yeah. I have no words, but I will not be silent. Uh, it was very moving, very powerful. Uh, that when did you create that? Back in 2016. 2016. Yeah. A few okay. years ago. Now, would you consider yourself a YouTube sensation, a star? I would not, and it's because it was primarily on Facebook. So, okay, maybe Facebook sensation, but okay. not YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. You <laughs> still got you, got you got a lot yeah. of hits on there. My as well. kids love it. They, you know, it, first of all, I get asked all the time, "How did you make a viral video?" I have no idea. I have no clue. Most people don't know that they're making a viral yeah. video. When you don't. It. I mean, I knew we had something special when we when we had that message, but I um. I'm not a technology person, not at all. The way we film the video, like literally, I can't edit. So I told my kids, I was like, guys, get this right. If you do it right, we're going to go to Chick-fil-A. And so <laughs> Chick-fil-A is like the deal for everything. Yeah. So we yeah. set up a phone and we filmed it. Got halfway through. My iPhone fell over. And so I was like, oh, we got to start all over. Yeah. And then so we filmed it again. And you know, it, it, the message is what it is. It just resonated with people. And You know you have a good message, but I, you don't know. To what extent? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where and we you did it in that. one take. Two takes. Most yeah. Hollywood film well, yeah. directors can't do that. So it's that's crazy. To you. It was crazy, man. It was. It was just. It was unbelievable. Now, when you were doing this, did you expect like the outcome, and did you expect that reach? And like you said, like you know, uh, when it becomes a hit and you go viral, did you expect for that to happen? That wasn't the objective. Like you said, it was more yeah. of the message to try to get out to everybody. So, what were the feelings behind that when you noticed that it was? 
really gaining some traction and kind of getting that forward momentum. All right. So let me give you this first. Like, so I'm, I was a college and young adult pastor in mm -hmm. Fort Myers, Florida. And I, and our, our team of volunteers that used to do our video announcements were trying to get a viral video. And so they were like, pastor Alex, if we get a video that has, you know, a thousand views, will you buy us this for the ministry? I'm like, yeah, if you get a thousand views, cause we were getting maybe 200, 300 views on our video announcements. And they were trying to be very creative. I mean, these guys are coming up with ideas, writing scripts, going out filming, editing, like, you know. And then so we got a 1,000 views one time, and I bought them, like, I don't remember what they wanted for that. And then they said, no, this was like some kind of technology equipment. Yes. You know? So then they were like, if we get 10,000 views, we, can we get a new camera? Because they wanted the newest and the latest camera. It's like 2,500 bucks. And I'm like, you guys get 10,000 views on one of these things. Yeah, we'll do that. So in my mind, this, that was way back in 2008, 2009. Mm. So I always thought if you can get 10,000 views, wow. You know, like you get 10,000 people watching something. You know, because I think about, you know, like you look at a big church. I mean, James River Church or whatever has 15, 20, and you're thinking. A lot of seats. So then when we did this video, and I mean, I knew that it was special. I knew the message was right. It, it touched my heart. It touched my wife's heart. We really felt like God really kind of downloaded a message in, to us. So I knew it was going to be special. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, if we can get 10,000 views on this, that'd be pretty cool. And so that's, that's really kind of where I was at. We, mm -hmm. we, we made the video. We told our kids, if you do well, we're going to take you to Chick-fil-A. We did it. We uploaded it. And I was like, okay, let's go to Chick-fil-A. And we live about 15 minutes from Chick-fil-A. And on the way there, it had already been shared 50 times, and we had like 2,000 views. And I was like, oh, so like in wow. 15 minutes, I was like, okay, Angie, this could be, this could be something. And then it was kind of crazy because when we're at Chick-fil-A, we're there and our little kids are out playing in the play place. And me and my wife and our two older boys are just sitting there refreshing our phone. You know, 3,000, <laughs> yeah, 4,000, 5,000. And like within like an hour, it was at 10,000 views. And I was like, this is crazy. I hope you guys are hungry. We're going yeah. to Chick-fil-A. Yeah, so it was kind of weird. It was fun for our family. So, you know, and, um, so. Now the video we're speaking of, what, what was this inspired by? Because when um, you're, you're a minister. Yeah. And uh, what started this back right. in, this was in 2016 when 2016, all this got yeah. kicked going. So if you don't mind, what, what started the movement on that, making you want to, to do this? All right. So, so I got to give you this. I'm a large black man. Very good looking, by the way. I've we had. have cameras now. Yes, yeah, so we oh, will. Yeah, we'll, they'll be able to see it. <laughs> so, gonna, you know what? If we get 10,000 <laughs> likes on that, I'll take you to check for it. Wait, is this with the corporate credit card? Because I want to go somewhere else if that's. If well, we're going to stricken that from the record here. Okay, I'll just pay out of pocket. We'll yeah. just make it easy. <laughs> I'll go to you. Check for it. <laughs> All right. But so, um, but I'm married to a white lady. Mm -hmm. We've been married now for 25 years. And um, we have five mixed kids. I was. I was in St. Louis running a um, inner city ministry when Ferguson happened. That was like arguably mm. the largest or the biggest race mm -hmm. you know, conflict of our time. And um, I was literally running this church and inner city ministry about four and a half miles from Ferguson. So I was there. I was, I was one of the pastors that they asked to come and help keep the peace on the streets between the protesters and the police. And, and so I did that over 11 days, just I was in it. And um, my, my oldest son, at the time, he was in eighth grade, and he's like, hey, Dad, do I have to worry about being killed by police? And so, you know. How do you answer that? That hits mm. home. I mean, that, that literally brings it home. You know, I, I know what it's like being a black person in America. And by and large, I have a positive experience. I mean, I, I mean, I think every black person's probably experienced racism or prejudice. But I think that America is not as divided as the media or politicians want us to think and believe. And so 
I, I just I think it's a great country. It's a good opportunity, but we have some issues that we need to talk about and address. But I think people are willing to do that. And um and I and I primarily have a positive view of police officers. Mm-hmm. Um, I got several in my family. I'm friends with a bunch of them locally yeah. around here. I am. I got a I got a brother-in-law who's white. He's a police officer up in the Bolivar area. I got two cousins who are black police officers in Illinois. Several uncles that were police officers, and so. I have a positive view of police. Now, I do think that there is an issue with some of the way the police are issuing in, in the minority, especially black community, and, but I think we need to talk about that. So when Ferguson happened, it was a firsthand look for me to be upfront and, and see it and, and hear other people who don't have the same experience that I have. I talked to you know, people that are in the Ferguson area, and I understood and, and I saw how they were feeling disenfranchised and and really abused and neglected and targeted by the police. And so I'm hearing them, but I'm also hearing the side of the police. So I was there. So then you fast forward two years. We, this time now we live in Kansas city and um, we're pastoring there. And a Thursday evening, there was a, a, a black gentleman, Micah, I don't even like to say his name, but he ended up killing five police officers in Dallas. He just shot him. And he did it because he felt that um, black people were being targeted by police and he wanted to get even. He wanted to take revenge. And that just didn't sit with me. And, um, it really just hurt me. It hurt my heart. And so that Friday morning, as I was, um, my son, my oldest son was in um, physical therapy. He's at a doctor's appointment. And I was in my car just reading everything I could about that situation. I was just praying about it and just, my heart was just heavy. And I just had some thoughts. And so by the time we got home, about 30 minutes later, I told my wife I had to write some things down. And that's what it came. I I went downstairs and and I'm a I'm a man of faith, but this is as close. And I preach sermons. I mean, I preach all the time. Some of my sermons are good, some of them are bad. My wife tells me that, you know. But this was as close to divine inspiration as I believe I ever had. I felt like God just gave me those 26 statements and I just wrote them down on a note card. And I came upstairs in 10 minutes and I told my wife, I think we're gonna make a video and and this is we're not going to talk. We're gonna, and she just knew from there. She's like, oh, yes, Alex, I get it. And she had the vision from there. And we just put it together. And so we knew the message was powerful. And so that that's where it came from. That's what inspired us. It was literally our family, our own personal experience that we had, and and then the events of society at the time. And so the message of that video, it's not a black versus white thing. It's not a dark versus light thing. It's not us versus the police, you know, um, I'm sorry, it is a dark versus light thing. The darkness, you know, of sin versus the light of, of God. So mm-hmm. that was our message. I think it's, you said something that uh, really spoke out to me. It was like, these are things that need to be talked about. Do you think people kind of shy away from talking about this kind of stuff? People are, I do. And, you know, a lot of it is, you know, and, and we talk to white people all the time and we hear from them. White people are just scared. They're scared of being called a racist, right? Or mm-hmm. messing something up. You know, because for white people who are well-meaning. And again, I fundamentally believe that the majority of Americans are not racist, that we want reconciliation, that they want quality and justice for all. Um, But we all believe that, hey, there are some things that need to be done and changed, and let's work together to do that. But people don't know how or what to do. We don't want to offend people. And, you know... um, First comes fear, then some anger, and then that's where we get stuck in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I know this, like, my wife's white. And, you know, we, even her, she's like, Alex, I'm married to a black man. I got, you know, five, you know, mixed kids, but I don't want to offend. I don't want to say the wrong thing and have black people mad at me, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, and black people are angry and, you know, I'm frustrated. And, and some people say rightfully so. I, 
I do think there's injustice happening that we need to, again, talk about. There still is racism. And you look at some of our systems, the systemic racism that we need to talk about. But I don't think that we are so divided and, and that we can't come together and, and dialogue. And mm. so, and, but, but people are afraid. People don't want to talk about it. They're afraid of offending someone. They don't know what to say. Um, and so they're keeping quiet. So go ahead. I was going to say, it's, you know, and then at the end of the story, you said you went to your wife with this and she was sort of all for it. You didn't have to convince her. She sounds like spontaneous. Hey, let's do this. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. My wife has been there with a lot of the situations. She was there in St. Louis when we were ministering. She knew when I was leaving the house to go out on the streets. I mean, what you saw on the news um, at nights during those days of in Ferguson of the riots and the protests, they asked the, they asked clergy to come in and stand in between the police officers and the rioters. And, um, and so my wife saw it when I was there doing it and she'd hear me tell the stories and then you'd see on CNN how they're projecting their narrative. And then she'd say, Alex, is that how it really was? And it's like, well, no, that's no, it's just a narrative. Yeah. You know, and uh-huh. stuff. And so, so, but you know, we both are of the same accord on this. I mean, and in our video, we say that we have to make a change. I mean, we, we have to start again is what our message is. And we ended by saying we have to do it for our kids. And, um, that's our kids. I mean, our kids are, they're in both worlds. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I joke and play with them. I say, hey, when it's scholarship time, you're black. <laughs> but when the police come, you're white. But I mean, they they have to be ready to be in both worlds. And I wish I could say that's the first time I've heard that. But yeah. I, well, I'd like to say that coined it. Yeah, but, <laughs> but you know, it's, so we're, we're in one accord on that. I mean, we just want to see the races getting along and, and, and reconciling coming together and moving forward in unity and peace and love. So by, by the end of the day, so um, background on me, uh, I'm adopted and my mother and father, my, my dad's a Latino and my mother's a white Polish woman from Chicago. So, um, you know, with that at the time when they had gotten married, that was very unheard of, you know, you know, races stuck with the same races. That's just how it was. You know, they all got along, but you don't, you never spread outside. And my mother was the first white woman in the family. Um, you know, so like that was something very big and different, but it was also a different time. Um, so when they adopted me and brought me into it, I come from that, that split. It's kind of the same, like, Oh, I can be Latino, maybe get a scholarship, you know, maybe that'll work that time. I'll I'll sway that way. Um, but it is definitely interesting. And I'm sure with you, um, you know, raising your children and you have them kind of spread all across the board with age that, um, it's a, it's a very unique thing. It's a, it's a great opportunity because it kind of, it'll show difference and you can, if, you said do it for the kids. You're you're raising these children to be both of you. You know, yeah, like they're gonna have their, like a different view on life now versus somebody who may doesn't. That's it. I mean, Quiver, you're you're right on. I mean, it's like we don't shy away from race in our family or even color. I mean, we we talk about it, we joke about it, we mm-hmm. play about it. That makes some people uncomfortable. But I tell my kids, I'm like, you know, obviously you see me as a big ball black man. Don't forget the beautiful. (laughs) There it is. And, and, you know, and so we talk about it. We're not trying to deny or I I get it. Old school. I grew up in church, old school. And they'd be like, I'm colorblind. I don't see color. Mm. I see color all the time. What color is your car? You know, I mean. Color's good. Yeah. And so we celebrate our differences, you know, and and we teach our kids that. Our kids, um, the grandmas, they call Angie's mom white grandma and they call my mom (laughs) black grandma. And that was scary. I'm, I'm sorry. That, I'm not laughing because <laughs> no, I'm it's, it being is, rude. That's just awesome. You know, it's yeah. so crazy that when that first started, our oldest son, Trey, I, you know, we were living here in Springfield, Missouri, 
and um, Angie's mom was living in um, in Illinois. But actually, both of our parents were living back in Macomb, Illinois, mm-hmm. and so we'd we'd have trouble like differentiating which grandma we we're going to and stuff. And then my parents moved to here to Springfield. So then with our oldest boy, we'd say, well, far away grandma or close grandma, mm. you know, um, or, you know, country grandma or the city grandma. You <laughs> know? City mouse, country mouse. Yeah, yeah. country yeah. grandma. <laughs> and then when our son Michael came along, he's like three years, two and a half years after Trey, we were, we had moved to Florida and he's, and we're like, yeah, far away grandma. He's like, you mean white grandma? And we're like, no, no. And then we, we were uncomfortable for no, no. Country no. grandma. Country yeah. grandma. <laughs> what? You mean white grandma? You know, like, no, no. And, so, and he'd be like, and then so my mom and dad and um, stepdad lived, moved there, and he's like, you mean black grandma? No, no. no. Say, no. Shh. You know, and, you know, and it was crazy because Angie and I, we were like, people are going to get offended. We got to stop that. But then we realized this kid is just, he's just using a trait that he sees, not as a good or bad. Mm-hmm. It just is what it is. It's visually, yeah. I grew up around a melting pot, so, like, I was... I basically grew up in the suburbs of the Chicagoland area. And uh, what I'm getting to will be at the end here. So uh, growing up in a melting pot, I never saw color. I, I saw a little Tommy or, uh, you know, all my friends. I had one of each color, so to speak. You know, there was Polish, Italians. I had, uh, you know, black friends. I had a bunch of different types of friends growing up. So where when I got older, that's why I am the way I am. But I don't, I can make a friend with anybody because I don't care yeah. what you look like. It's all about personality. You know, do you have respect? I was raised a very old school way with like ethics and, you know, kind of stuff like that and morals. Um, but by the end of it, what are we? You know, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. We're all bones by the end of it. What color do you bleed? All of us bleed red. Exactly. It's the same thing. And if we want to get science and get into science and stuff like that, um, you know, there's a reason why everybody has a skin tone that they have. Yeah. You know, if you want to break that down, we won't get into that. Right. But, um, mm. It's just, it's, it's funny with the amount of, uh, just bad that happens in the world. It's why not? Uh, so the question I have is what would you say to somebody? Like how, how does one approach that if they are uncomfortable, you know, in those situations yeah. to where like, you kind of brought up earlier, right. what, what would you say to them? You know, I think that, you know, I'm not into, I used to be into the shock of it, you know, just mm-hmm. like, you know, just throw it out there, you know, but that, I don't know that that's always the best for most people. I'm okay with that because I'm an outgoing personality, mm-hmm. kind of like, Sounds like you are. I just think we, I think we, for the majority of the people that want to kind of ease into it, I just now encourage people to um, put yourself in situations where you are a little bit uncomfortable, you know? Um, So be around people, um, go to a different Walmart than you normally do. Change it up. Change it up, you know, Um, make friends. Um, And even like social media, befriend somebody on social media. And then, then you get to the point to where you start, asking some questions and talking to them about things that you've always wondered, always thought, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, and allowing them to do the same with you. And um, you, you, I don't think we can just assume that, well, I've been around, you know, a lot of white people, so I can just always throw out white people jokes because a lot of white people get offended with that, you know? And then I say stuff like, I got a white wife, I can make your jokes, and they still give me the mean mug like, mm, yeah. you know? <laughs> I got the card. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It used to be like that, but we're all so sensitive right now. Um, and so, but we... There's just such a, it's a both and. I mean, individually, we need to toughen up a little bit. And not we collectively so have to work as a whole. Unity, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. We, we were using this word earlier in one of our meetings. It, it hurts my heart when I have to look back at everything because, like, I'm, I'm of Hispanic nature. Now, yes, I am adopted. I'm, like, part Puerto Rican, Mexican, and 
Angelo Saxton, as my mom likes to call it. What did she call uh, it? Uh, Angelo Saxton. You know, I mean, <laughs> she she's always said that to me, but like a white, more or less, is what she always tells me, okay. joking around, because my family's the same way. We we will crack jokes. I'm keeping that one. And you're welcome. <laughs> um, you know, and like I do agree 100%, because just my personality alone, if I'm not a little bit on edge with it, like I like pushing those limits. When I was in radio, I did the same thing. In life, I like to push. Sometimes I go too far. Sometimes you know? I do. And then you're like, okay, reel it back in. That's when my wife is there to give me the look. And now she doesn't even say anything. She just gives me the look. Oh, see. Yeah. Do you, see, Lance, <laughs> just, Lance just got married. Do you get the look yet? Oh, I get the look. How long have you been married? Uh, since December. So I don't know if you've gotten the look yet. You're in the honeymoon phase. You can't do it. Can I got the look before them. Oh, yeah. Trust me. All right, then. All right, then. All right, then. Yeah. I'm single, and I don't get any looks other than what I stare <laughs> in the mirror for. So, And I don't like what's Maybe looking Maybe eventually. Back. We'll oh, see. Man. But I think you made a point about Everybody's so sensitive, you know, yeah. desensitizing the conversation. It sounds like what it's all about and having those top, tough conversations. Yeah. We got to do that because, you know, there is a, a group of people, a segment who is against the political correctness, you know, right? I mean, when you look at, you know, the rise of some politicians came out to debunk political correctness. They don't want to give in to political correctness because ultimately – Sometimes political correctness can be used to curb the collective way that a society thinks or acts. And so some people are going, I reject that, you know? So I get that and I understand that. But, th but we also have to be cognizant of and sensitive towards other people and what they're thinking and they're feeling, not to the point to where we always acquiesce so that they can curb and control us, but it's, it's a give and take, right? I mean, there's always going to be that tension between Am I pushing the envelope too much mm -hmm. or am I not? And so if we have goodness in our heart, if we have peace and unity in our heart, I think those times when we mess up and go too far, other people are going to know, I know Corvo, he's a good dude, you know. He's, he's, he just he's had a bad joke day. Around. Yeah, just, yeah. That's happened a lot, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's that balance, it sounds like. Hopefully less bad <laughs> yes, days. Yes, yeah. the older it's the balance, yes. you know, Lance, That's where it's at. So. Well, and it's just like I'm not up on skin. Not married, but I've been in relationships that are no longer. Who knows if it was my fault or not? We it won't go into that. Was. Probably was. Come on, I'll be honest. <laughs> but it, it is, you know, it's 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 that balance, that give and take. It, it's never going to be. It, it has to somehow be mutual by the end of it. Mm. You know, you want to at least make peace with it. Yeah. Versus, okay, I understand where you're coming from, but can you understand where I'm coming from and find that middle ground? And I'm going to say this: if we are having fellowship and relationship with people, we're putting deposits into the to the friend tank, the emotional tank, to where. Um, when you are having some interactions, you got, I've, I've dealt with Lance enough where I'm like, oh, well, come on. I know Lance is a good dude. You know, he didn't mean anything about that. We give the benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. we don't I've done do that, that way too many times. We don't have, you know, we don't do that. Second chances, Probably third, me. fourth, fifth chances. No, these are all X's. Uh. <laughs> so <laughs> um, so uh, one thing um, real quick about your family, we've been talking about them. Let's, yeah. So you, you have a wife and um, you have children. So um, your wife's name, you said, was Angela, Angela yep. correct? Beautiful uh, family, by the yeah, way. And that video, beautiful. Uh, also, so, I mean, how many children do you have? We have five kids, four boys, and a little girl. She's <laughs> the princess. She, yeah, she better be. She came in yeah. at the end, you can she tell. She did. We, we, hey, we're not quitters. We had to keep going until we had that little girl. That's I mean, right. I, that's how we roll. Well, I mean, that that's a nice big family. Uh, so the research that you guys dated, you've, you've known each other for a long Since time. grade school. Yeah. But you started dating in college. Yeah, so we dated once in high school. She wanted me, but, you know, I was like, no. <laughs> Playing hard to on. get, yeah. Yeah. So, no, we dated once for a short period in high school. But realistically, I was just, I was too much of a bad boy. She was, like, too square for me, you know. And um, 
She's a good Christian girl. An L7 weenie. <laughs> I, I thought of Sandlot the minute you said that. Sorry. <laughs> so then when I left, um, that was in Illinois. I came here to Evangel and played ball and went to school. She was actually back in Illinois engaged to another guy. Tell me um, you didn't split him up. Did no, you break no, him? No. Okay, I just him. making sure. I liked him. He was a nice guy. She asked me. We just were always friends mm -hmm. even then. And she asked me to be a, an usher in their wedding, and I was going to. And, um, and then so they end up breaking it off in the summer of 92 or April of 92. I had just gone home that summer, and we were together all the time that summer. And, like, it was like one of those movies where – I just watched it. sounds like a movie. Now. I mean, it really was. Like, you know, like we were just, like, hanging out all the time. You know, I was back That's for college. That's how it happens. And, and then the next thing you know, we she's like, we should have a proper date. And I'm like – Done. Okay. You know, and <laughs> stuff. And so, and she looked good. I mean, she's, she's a hottie. Not to pull yeah. off this too quick, but since I am the only single one here, the dating world is ridiculous, okay? Right. I have asked girls out, like, hey, I would like to take you on a, I wouldn't say a proper date, but can I take you out on a date to dinner? Ew. Why? I'm like, because I'm attracted to you, one, and I, I, I find you interesting. I, I would like to take you out. Why would you do that? They're so like it's really? just it's a different world. This is a whole nother I think podcast. Some relationship tips from Alex <laughs> after this podcast. Yes, when we're done, please send, send me send me send me in my so, place. It sounds like you're old school though. If you're like, Bro, hey, I'd want to take you out. On I, I was my parents are 71. I'm right. about to be 35 this year, yeah. so I'm getting up there. But I was raised in an old gentlemanly fashion. Like so that. if we're walking in the streets of Chicago and I'd go downtown, if the traffic's coming to this way, you're I would outside. move the lady inside. That's what's she, up. I did that to a girl. She's, what are you doing? I said, well, if a vehicle's coming. I'm going to get hit right. first. Hopefully I can push you out of the way just enough time. And one girl just, she was way younger than me. She just didn't get it. They don't get it. And like opening the door first. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Just the, the politeness. And that's another thing that just doesn't exist anymore. Cause I'll hold the door open. I try to do one good deed a day. Good. You know, whether it's, uh, I helped a, a elderly woman from Walmart the other day, carry her groceries to her car. Cause she was parked right by me, you know, and she said, thank you. Cause most people will view me as a punk kid. I've got tattoos, you know, it's true. I've got the curly it's Latin true. flowing hair. You know, I won't say good looking, but you've got that I'm going for you. <laughs> but, you know, it's just it's a different world out there. Um, something that people can match with the different world that's out there. You have a set of core values yeah. that you have posted yeah. uh, on your website. Now, I'll, I'll spit that out here in a minute to where they can actually go um, check you out. If they go to Alex Bryant, that's a l. E-X-B-R-Y-A-N-T dot org. Yeah. You can check out Alex Bryant Ministries online. Uh, it's an awesome website. It's got all the information that you can have about um, making disciples and, and just kind of like how you can help out. And it's just got everything in its whole background story. Anyways, your core values. Yeah. Truth, excellence, uh, continue improvement, hard work, perseverance, and apprenticeship. That's yeah. what you have down. Now, TLC also has core values, ah. which are they're, they're kind of... They're, they're different, yeah. but similar. We have stewardship, integrity, biblical principles, generosity, unbridled service, and excellence. So, I mean, they're similar, but with yeah. yours, how did you, how did you come to go, get that all yeah. together as far as like the actual core values of what yeah. you're going to be about? You know, that doesn't surprise me that we're, we're um, close because we were all old school James River back when it was assembly before it was church. And, mm -hmm. you know, um, those are principles that we've learned. I've learned them. I know um, Dr. Coriel used to teach at Evangel. Um, Evangel's probably the place that I understood truth. I used to not be an honest person, but now I strive to be as honest and, and a man of integrity. I learned that from President Spence at Evangel. And so um, a lot of our, so even from TLC and in us, Evangel and James River are some of the those things together. But those are just principles that I try to live by in my life. Um, 
I want to be a man of truth. Obviously, I believe that the Bible is the ultimate truth. And in everything I do, I want to do it with excellence. Um, I tell my kids, do it right the first time or you're going to have to do it over. Mm-hmm. So these are things that, you know, I try to teach them, um, you know, and just um, continuous improvement. I learned that when I was in college. There's a man named Edward Deming who, um, after World War II, he went over to Japan and helped them rebuild their um, economy, their society, and their culture. And so he... Um, they 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 have an award even to this day in Japan called the Edward Deming, Deming um, Continuous Improvement um, um, Award. Total quality excellence and um, total quality management, I think, is what our car um, manufacturers went to after Deming, who is an American, went over there. And so I learned that principle, continuous improvement there. We should always be growing and striving to get better and um, and doing things a little bit better. I believe that you know excellence and continuous improvement is doing the best you can with what you got. I like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, just just different things like that. You know, when you look at hard work, my Uncle Ronnie taught me that, you know, work hard. And especially as a man of color, I always want to set myself aside a little bit of that that pride in who you are. And not only am I representing myself and my family, but my community, my people. And so I always want to distinguish myself by being a hard worker. I'm not quitting, so persevering. And then apprenticeship is teaching the, the other generation. We love having interns around and um, teaching people what we know. I tell people, um, you can teach people what you know, but you reproduce who you are. And so apprenticeship is part of that reproducing people that are good people that become productive members of society. Have you ever watched Soul yet? I haven't. On Disney? Okay. Oh, Not, Soul. Soul. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I got a weird Chicago accent. That's okay. Hey, no, Soul, can, hey, you ever watched that one over there? Um, yeah, I saw that. I just actually watched that the other day. And listen, you speak with that because um, how he was, you know, an influencer. Yeah. Uh, you know, and he was like, I don't, you know, I don't see myself as that. Go through the movie. One, I didn't cry. I got a little choked up there for a second, <laughs> but I held it back. A little bit. Yeah, got you a little bit. But, you know, that's awesome. And having, being able to uh, sit down with somebody um, such as yourself, you know, and this is what we, we love doing this podcast is because you, you've done a lot within the community. You've done even past that with, with the video put on how many people, imagine if you got to meet every single one of those people and, and, and hear their story about how, that may have impacted them. And, you know, it always starts with one person. They always say that. But, I mean, I, I think it's true in every interview I've done within this podcast and then some in, the, in my history, you always learn something new about somebody yeah. else. And it's always a greatness to see that people like you do exist out there, mm-hmm. that there is some still, there is still goodness in this world, even through the crazy times and the hellacious events that will happen throughout our lifetime. There's always somebody out there that has that view of positivity um, the, the owner of Big Mamas that we did the last episode, um, I don't know if uh, you'd probably love to sit down and just chat with him. I mean, uh, personality is kind of similar because he's got you so far. He did a rap for us, so we might ask you to do oh, a little beatbox at the end. Yeah, we'll, see. we'll see how that Break goes. Out the freestyle. But no, I mean, it is, it is really truly a pleasure to be able to sit down and, you know, uh, hear your story of how you became who you are and why you're doing that. Um, that's great. And I know um, Lance had a question. I've already... I already know this one, but you heard through a little little bird. Oh, yeah. So you and our president possibly maybe know each other, kind of go oh, back, yeah. Sam and Coriel, oh, yeah. CCG. I, I know I know Sam. You guys call him Sam Jr.? What do you call him here? I call him He's Boss. Sam. boss. Yeah. <laughs> hey, <laughs> no. Mr. Boss. It's Sam. We go, you know, uh, well, Sam, we, Sam Jr. We do. We go way back. I knew him in college. We played ball together at Evangel. So he was on the football team, and I was. I think I'm a, I'm a couple years older than him. And so, but he um, he had some skills. I mean, Sam's an athlete. What I did mean, he play? I think he's like what's he defense and end or 
Mm. I think he might have been defensive end or outside linebacker or something like that. So yeah. if I square up on him and do a two stance in the hallway, he'll know what to do. He's going to run right now. Wait, me over. Wait, he's in good shape. I mean, I'm not going to you know, distimate that, but I don't think he's as, as <laughs> cut as he was so you know, back then. Keep you know? him off. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. But yeah, he's an athlete, man. And, you know, that's, and, and I'm going to tell you this his dad, I even knew his dad in college, um, Dr. Coriel, he was music guy. And oh, then, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when we were at James River, we were all there together, and I sang in the choir with um, Dr. Coriel. And so, um, yeah, his office is actually right there. He's not in today, that, but yeah. I mean, I talked to him. I went to lunch with him or breakfast actually a couple months ago. He's like, I go in one day a week. So when you're the when hey, you're, I mean, doctor, when you're, you do when you're that do. guy, you do what you want. <laughs> I feel like yeah. I see him more than that though. So, <laughs> yeah, over time. Um, real quick, you also you wrote a book. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that and maybe where they can find it? Yeah, it's called Let's Start Again, and basically what we did, we took our video and we expanded upon it. So um, that video, it touched people's hearts. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we probably got ten or 12,000 emails from all over the world, you know, people telling us that they, they liked it. And, and you know, ironically, we, we were committed to, to answering every single one of them. So we did. We responded to every one of those emails because we wanted to get a touch. We wanted to feel the people. We wanted to hear what they were thinking. And, and so, um, so from that, people kept asking us, what, what more? What can we do now? What's next? And um, we just took a little time, and we researched the, the race situation in America. I, I say that video touched people's hearts. Um, we wanted to also touch people's minds. And so we took some time and we researched um, race, the history of race in America. We went back to history of race in the church. And, um, and you know, where did this, where did the divide come from? What are the mistakes that people made? And so we expanded on that video. So all those little note cards that we had, we, we took some of those topics and expanded on them so that we could come together. And our message is this, is that it's not a black versus white thing. You know, it's not an us versus police thing. It's a dark versus light thing. And um, we talk about the dark side. You know, fear leads to hate, leads to anger, leads to suffering. That's from Star Wars. I was just going to say Star Wars, man. I was waiting for it. Fear leads to hate, leads to anger, leads to suffering, young (laughs) Obi-Wan. We had Yoda Yoda on the podcast today. That's awesome. So so that's where that came from. And then, um, then, you know, when we're talking about the, let's start again. The message is the way forward. You know, we have to have love, which leads to forgiveness, which leads to unity, which leads to peace. And so we just, we talk and expand on what those look like. We share some of our own personal stories, some of my history, you know, growing up, we tell the story of when we made that. And um, and so we're, we're proud of the work. You can see, you can get it on Amazon, um, Let's right Start on. Again, or you can get it on our website, alexbryant.org. We have it on Kindle, you get it on Amazon. And here, literally, Within the next couple of days, weeks, um, we're, t- we're we're going to be releasing it on audiobook. So that Ooh. should be coming out here. Who likes to read soon. actual books? I know, man. That's, that's so crazy <laughs> to our poor podcast. people. People are like, hey, I love your book. I got it. But when's it going to come out with audiobook? Yeah, I'm well, like, yeah. no, if you want to buy it, that's fine. I've got a question. Along with the race relations and the things that we've seen over the past five, ten years, say someone lives here at a TLC properties, maybe Cambium, where we're at right now, and maybe your neighbor doesn't look like you, doesn't think like you, doesn't have the same set of ideals. What would you say to the two of them as far as unity is concerned? Here's a cup of sugar. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm gonna, yeah, just go start talking to them. Greet them, first of all. Start making, putting some of those acquaintances together and then eventually start asking questions about them. You know, hey, like I, I feel comfortable enough because I know that I'm making enough deposits in people's tanks where eventually I'm going to say, so what are you? What's your nationality? Where are you from? Mm-hmm. I'd say Chicago, come on, man. I mean, like, what are you? you don't look like you're just white. What are you? know, so. I'm excellent. I, that, well, that's that's what it says, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> but then, so you just start having conversations because for me, and it sounds like you are too, 
my natural disposition is I, I like to use humor. I mm-hmm. like to, you know, and so they're going to get my natural personality. So we just can't avoid people. You know, and that's what happens. They're a lot. everywhere. We just avoid people. My wife tells a story in our book that once we were up in, um, in Quick Trips. You guys know what Quick Trips is? Yes, oh, Quick yes. Trip. Wait, yes. wait, the double K or the QT? QT. Uh, QT. a lot of those in same. Oklahoma. Oh, yeah, yeah. they're in yeah, Oklahoma. In but we, yeah, we were up Wisconsin's in Kansas City. Wisconsin's got them, too. Wisconsin? Wisconsin. Yes, but we were up in Quick Trip, and we went. We were coming home from a speaking engagement, so it was late Sunday night. We're in an airport, and we stopped at a Quick Trip up north in Kansas City, and that's in the predominantly black neighborhood. And so we stop, and we go in, and outside, there's just probably 40 or 50 just young black kids. I mean, they were probably college age. And it was weird because you just didn't see that many people congregating there. And so my, I go in, I'm getting drinks. My wife goes in and goes to the bathroom. And I think I'd gotten gas. I don't remember. But so we kind of met back at the car. And while I was in, while I was inside, I asked the guys, I was like, so what, you, what, what's going on? Why is everybody just here hanging out? And I didn't think it was anything bad. I just wanted to know. He's like, oh, we were out skating. We usually do that on Sunday nights and we come here. And I'm like, okay, cool. Oh, just to hang out. Just to hang yeah. out, you know. And it, and it wasn't, I felt scared or anything like that. My wife didn't, but it was just, I just didn't expect to see that many young adults congregating at QT no matter what color they mm-hmm. were. So then we get back out to the car, my wife and I, we, we go down the road and she's like, you know, she goes, I'm a, that wasn't, she goes, that was a little bit weird. And I go, why? She goes, it's not that I was scared or anything afraid because I'm comfortable around black people. She's been at black Thanksgiving, you know, she knows how to roll, you know, it's just, she's cool. But she's like, it was like, she's like, I just didn't want them to think that I was afraid or awkward or, or scared because they were black. And so she's like, so I didn't, I'm like, do I say something to them or do I not? But I didn't want to really, I'm coming tired. I don't want to talk to them. And so she's like, that's kind of where we are as a race in our race relations. We should be more comfortable with each other than we are, but we're just not. Mm. And she's like, it's like when you, if you go to the place where, like if you go to like a small group or, you know, a small group at work or at church or whatever, and you've met everybody's name, but you just forgot some of them. So you try to pretend like you, Hey dude, Hey, yeah, guy, what's up? You know? <laughs> and you're hoping that their name comes up and yep. like, or yeah. you don't want to say me. It. Yeah. And so, but we should just be more comfortable. We should know people's names by now, but we don't. So what do you do when you, when you don't know their name, the best thing to say hey, is, Hey buddy. Yeah, do you pretend? Cause oh, I've yeah. done that. Then you oh, get yeah. busted down yeah, the road. Don't I, you? I, I ruined a date doing <laughs> that. I know once. your brother. <laughs> <laughs> sister you hope yeah. it comes out but i can remember best. a girl's name once on a date and she just i'm done i don't blame you i understand i'm sorry <laughs> but the best thing to do sometimes like hey man i'm sorry tell me your name one more time oh okay yeah you know that that's what we should do but then we need to make it a point to remember people's name because yes. that shows that we're they're valuable to us right yeah, very true and so that's that's kind of where we're at right now just you just got to have these or these organic planned interactions, you know, I mean, you know, and be comfortable enough to step outside your comfort zone sure. and do yeah. so. You know, shake, like you said, shake it up a little bit. Just be yeah. open to having a conversation with somebody you've never talked to maybe. And on the flip side of that, have enough grace and compassion when people are making those attempts, you know, mm-hmm. and just see it, like understand that. You were saying it. this Corvo, like, you know, when you're asking these girls out, I, I tell young ladies, we've done young adult ministry. I'm like, if a guy is courageous enough to ask you out and he's not ugly and he's not crazy, Go on a date with him, you know. I mean, yeah, you have a chance. You know it's I mean? an interview. That's the thing. Interview me. Chance. I'll come with my resume, a tie, yeah. I'll pick you up, maybe buy you a dandelion or something. So, that's what I'd say. <laughs> well, uh, like I said, before we get out of here, uh, you were beatboxing. You were spitting a little something Uh-oh. earlier. Do you mind if it if we... Hey, don't get me started, bro. I can I can break some bars. Oh, I don't even got it. Well, on this note. We're going to end it with that. I've got Alex Bryant in here from Alex Bryant Ministries. Oh, oh wow. 
Local Lifestyle Podcast, episode 24, brought to you all by TLC Properties. And once again, we're going out with a bang on that one. Mr. Uh, Sir Lancelot. Sir Lance Lloyd. Sir Lance Lloyd. Sir Lancelot. We'll figure that out. Uh, Thank you so much, Alex, very much for coming in and spending some time with us. And for us to get to know you, once again, tell them that website they can go check out. AlexBryant.org. All right. Check it out. AlexBryant.org. You can find them anywhere on the internet. Make sure you check us out. Local Lifestyle Podcast on Instagram. Uh, In the words of uh, Dave Chappelle. See you later. We'll see you next time.